Hi everyone, welcome to the Contributors channel where you can learn how to start and grow your business and how to make money. While many believe that making more money is the key to becoming wealthy, the truth is that it's not just about what you earn, but rather how much you're able to keep. Today I have a guest whose company helps multi seven to nine figure business owners save money on taxes and protect their assets. We will take a closer look at the strategies used by the wealthy to maximize their tax savings and how these tactics can help you to build your own wealth. Please welcome to my guest, founder and CEO of Together C4, a tax advisory, accounting and tax preparation firm based in Los Angeles, California, KC Cho. Hi, KC. Thanks so much for coming on the Contributors channel. Hey, Victor. How's it going, buddy? Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. So we will start off with the main question. So what tax secrets billionaires use that simple guy like me can use to, to reduce taxes? Well, it all starts with the type of business entity that you choose. Most people are going to choose one of three business entities. The first one being LLC, S-Corp or C-Corp. If you're not doing that, then you're probably still a sole proprietor and that comes with an even higher risk. So most people are going to choose one of those three types of entity and that's great to start off with, but that is not what the billionaires use. They all use trust structures. So it's really programming the mind into seeing the difference between a business entity at the LLC, S-Corp or C-Corp level, which is, let's call that the low level, and then transcend into a higher level, which is the trust level. Oh, I see. So we need to register trust in order to save taxes on taxes. It's Yeah, it's a great strategy if used correctly to be able to protect assets, uh, pass on tax free generational wealth as well, along with the byproduct of tax efficiency. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So uh, what are the top three tax savings loopholes that can help you legally reduce taxes? What do you, can you advise? I've got a full community that can give you over 50 <laughs> loopholes. So stick around till the end and we'll share okay. that link with you. Wonderful. But the real difference of what we do versus what the regular CPAs do is the regular CPAs are going to look at loopholes. So whether that's 1031 exchanges, hiring your children, home office, buy a vehicle over £6,000, there's plenty of them. They're in abundance. But the higher up in wealth and income you start creating, the loopholes start running out. So really the differentiator between what we do and what a regular CPA can do is that higher level strategy that when you're making a lot more than $200,000 in tax liability, that's when setting up trusts starts to make more sense. Uh -huh. So it makes sense if you make more than $200,000 in terms of paying tax taxes like 200 grand yeah. right so you're making you a it varies right so there's no right or wrong answer here it's like i know people that have companies that do 25 million dollars in revenue but their net profit is only 200,000 and then on the flip side of that i know people that have million dollars in revenue with 900,000 net profit so it isn't really the revenue number that most people are fixated on it's really what the net profit is and what current strategies you're using at the loophole level to get the taxes down if that number is still over 200,000, that's when you need to start looking at more advanced structures and not the regular loopholes. I see. Okay, so still, okay, trust. So, But can you just a little bit elaborate more in detail so our viewers would really understand because I heard about irrevocable trust or some family trust or whatever trust, I don't know. But how does it work? Let's say, what is the uh, like,
like how the structure works. So there's many different types of trust. It's like driving a car. You can have a Bugatti on one side and you can have a Prius on the other. They're both going to get you from point A to point B. They're just going to do it very differently. Trusts are no different. There's over 85 different types of trust. The most common is a simple trust, often referred to as a simple living trust. And that really just has one benefit. Benefit of that is for probate. So as an example, there's uh, the, the actor from Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, recently passed away. He had an estate of $3.8 million. He didn't have a will, didn't have any trust set up. So the probate court took about a million, oh, sorry, two and a half million from his estate in fees and in probate. So his family was only left with $1.2 million. So that's 66% of his estate wiped just because he didn't do any sort of planning. And he had no excuse because he had cancer. He knew he was dying. He didn't release that, but he knew himself. So there's a lot of value in just having at least a simple living trust set up. Now, your viewers and what we're really talking about and what the real juice is, is when you start making a lot more money, what are the billionaires using? Right. And they're using a trust structure called a complex trust, which is very, very different to a simple trust. And in the complex trust world, it's not just one trust. It's usually a spider web of trusts and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger with each generation that comes through, right? So if you start with, let's say, the Rockefeller family or the Kennedy family, they started with maybe three or four trusts and then the next generation came in, added their three or four per entity, uh, per, per child, right? So if you've got three kids and they all add in three new entities into the foundation trust structure, before you know it, you've got a lot of different trusts all over the place. So it's very difficult to administer and maintain and manage. So it's really important that you have a solid team that are dedicated and focused on that. And these families all have specific private ultra high net worth family offices that run those operations for them. But the key universal thing that they all have is complex trusts. I see. So this is kind of for wealth preservation, right? So you making money from the business, you getting this money, those money go into this trust and then the trust by, let's say, real estate or other assets. You don't buy it like individual, like a Joe, you buy it like a trust that goes to the trust. So if you die, and if you die, then your relatives, your kids, they can easily get it. So government doesn't get anything out of it, right? So there is no... Yeah. So law. now you're talking yeah. about asset protection and wealth transfer. So from an asset protection standpoint, it isn't you, Victor, the individual that's going to own the trust. The trust, you are going to be the trustee. So mm -hmm. your job as the trustee is the financial fiduciary, mm -hmm. increase the value of the trust mm -hmm. for the benefit of the beneficiaries, which is usually going to be your kids or your heirs or whoever your beneficiaries are. But your job is to grow the value and then that is for the benefit of the kids. Right. But what about business? Let's talk about real case because I believe there are some viewers who may similar situation and maybe your advice will be really beneficial and then for details they can come to you and you can help them to organize the structure. So let's say that somebody wants to start business in the US and ship some products from, let's say, from Europe to the US. So those products already selling in Europe successfully. European manufacturer wants, for example, to to open the US market and start selling here. But they understand if they just open LLC in the US and let's say they have $20 million in sales like they have in Europe and they have, let's say, $4 million in profit like they have in Europe, let's say it will be the same market, the same sales. They will have to pretty much pay whatever they structure about 50% in tax. Yeah, 50, about $2 million in that case. Yeah, right. So there are some solutions about the distribution rights. So let's say the idea that the 
the company the establish the LLC how I was thinking establish LLC in the US and the LLC and another company somewhere in offshore zone that actually holding company that European company that has that that supplied those products to the US and the holding company which is in offshore it has for example the rights to sell all on Americas but the company in the US buy the rights to sell in the US and for this rights pay royalty back to that company holding company so we in out of four million dollars of profit we will be 40 cents on a dollar sending to that holding company by reducing almost in half taxable income so how you can do this same kind of situation but without opening offshore any company but through the trust can you maybe advise yeah absolutely so firstly there's always multiple ways to do things so i can give you my perspective from my expertise but just know that this is one of many different things you can do the, the thing that i would suggest is you don't need that layer in the middle so you're going from europe to an offshore entity to us mainland let's call it right so if you set up that entity let's just call it an llc in the us mainland it can do a deal with the european company and buy the product so let's just put some numbers around it let's say you're buying the product for a million dollars now cost is a million right so you know that your expenses are a million you would hope that you would be able to sell that for more than a million let's say you sell it for three million just so we've got some hypothetical numbers so you're left with a profit of two million dollars left over in that case you would be taxed on two million dollars regularly if you victor owned that llc let's say we both owned it you and i owned it 50 50. so we've now got one million dollars each coming to us and we would be taxed at the highest rate which is around 47 percent, depending on which state you're in call it 50 percent. just simple math so now because we're the members of that llc the money would flow through to us and we would be taxed what if the trust was a member of that LLC and you and I weren't? So now the money would go from the LLC, it would pass through as a partnership to the trust. And now in the trust world, specifically the complex trust world, the rules and regulations are different. That's really where the power comes in of having a complex trust structure. If it's based on common law, if you know how to set it up correctly, you can get that tax burden down to 5% or less very easily. So this trust set up in the US, it's the US entity right correct yeah set up domestically in the u.s and it will be it's possible to reduce from 47 whatever 50 percent to five percent any money coming from the business to the trust a lot of things are possible if we look at the actuals rather than just a hypothetical you can look up and i'll send you the link so you can put it below an article that was released by ProPublica, and they had leaked tax returns of billionaires they had bill gates warren buffett elon musk and mike bloomberg and they had from 2000 2014 to 2018 so like a four-year period of time and they calculated what their true tax rate was and every single one of them was below four percent through this structure trust structure right they use various different types of structures but trusts play a huge part in all of their setups a lot of it is debt as well because when you get to this level you have an abundance of debt coming in because debt is not taxable if you or i receive money from a loan from somebody else when that money comes to us 
because we don't pay tax on it. So if you've got an asset over here that has a lot of cash, you can issue a loan and the person receiving that loan does not have to pay tax because it's debt, they have to repay it. The trick is to write the loan in such a way where you have favorable terms. So it's still legally a loan. It has to have a duration, has to have an interest rate, but the repayment terms can be flexible. And this is ultimately how the wealthy operate because they have a lot of cash and they can issue loans back and forth family members or whoever they wish. So the trust can give a loan to the members of trust? Yes. So it's pretty much like life insurance, right? Like IUL or something like that. Similar. So I'm set up with full life policies with Mass Mutual. I don't mind releasing that information, but the way my policies work is that I can take a loan against the death benefit. It doesn't affect me earning my dividend on my full amount that I put in every year, but on the death benefit, I'm taking a loan or a prepayment against the death benefit is how they phrase it. So I could, let's just say I invest $100,000 a year in life insurance. I can take a loan of about 80,000 out and then reinvest that. So now I'm making 5% give or take on the 100K and then on the 80K, I can go and invest it in real estate or the markets or wherever I wish. I make an additional percent return. So I'm stacking wealth at this point. Right. I know how I all work is, and I already recorded the video about this, but you need to pay the premiums every month and you there are some other things and they charge 2%. for me. So trust doesn't charge you, right, for holding money. You just transfer money to the to trust. You don't pay any premium for this. If you borrow no. money from the trust, then you just return money on the schedule with the interest which is in the agreement, right? Yes, but you set the repayment term. So let me give you an example. Right. Uh -huh. So let's say that that you borrowed $100,000 from your trust. You can write a loan to yourself, assuming that you're the trustee. Right. So you say, hey, I'm gonna write a loan, $100,000 to myself, Victor. It's gonna be at a 5% interest rate. It's gonna be for 10 years. I'm gonna have no repayments for the first nine years. So now, rather than take all $100,000 out, don't do that. Take $95,000 out. So you've prepaid the interest. So on the books of the trust, that asset is generating interest instantly from day one. So it's a good investment. From your side, you've got $95,000 that you don't have to make a payment on for nine years. Wow. Go use the money, invest it, do whatever you want, or go to Vegas and have a good time, whatever you wish. And then in your nine years time, you have a decision to make. As the trustee, do you want to call the loan or start receiving those repayments? Or are you happy to extend the life of that loan for another 10 years? Oh, and this is legally too, right? Yeah, it's, wow. it's all legal. It's a private contract. It's a loan. It meets the definition of a loan, which has to have a duration and it has to have an interest rate. As long as it has those two parameters, it's legally classed as a loan. This is mind blowing. Dear viewers, before we go to the details on the how much all these things may cost to organize, if you like this video, like, share, subscribe, and hit the bell below to be notified about videos like this. So question, okay, for the simple guy like me, if I don't need to make like a Rockefeller family, 100 trust, let's say in my case, I just described, right? For example, in this case, on average, what would be the roughly the cost to set up this type of trust and the annual maintenance fee? Because definitely they need some advices, some bookkeeping, some other things, right? From companies like yours. So people who watch this video would understand and calculate, okay, this is, would be the cost, but they will compare with the savings and it will be, of course, uh, make sense. Yeah. Good question. I get this a lot. This is comparable to 
a family office. So what we do is like a subset or one slice of the pizza pie in terms of what the family office does. And if you're getting a family office, the UBS did a study a couple of years back on average, it's going to cost you $5 million per year to run and manage, maintain that family office. So that's one side of the spectrum. On the other side of the spectrum, you can go get a simple living trust for as little as five grand or maybe even cheaper online like LegalZoom for a grand. So the spectrum is really, really broad, just depending on what your needs are, because your needs right now might be just one thing. And if it's just probate, a simple living trust is the answer. If you are really complex and you want to get a family office, that's the complete other side of the spectrum, which is millions of dollars. What we'd work with is the people in the middle. We help successful seven to nine figure business owners that don't quite need a family office, but definitely need more than a simple living trust. And that is when the tax liability is over $200,000 per year. That's when it starts to make sense to speak to me if that's what you're looking for, but you don't need to do that. I'm just letting you know that there's options and it just varies on what you need and, and what serves your purpose. Okay, and the question is, so as you mentioned, so when I register the LLC, let's say, right, I can, instead of putting my name, I can put the, the trust as the owner of the- Member, yeah, the, the trust would be a member of the LLC. That's cool. What inspired you to become a tax saving expert? So this is so cool, wow. Sure, pure fluke. It was not intended. My background is in accounting and finance. As you know, I'm from England, born and raised in England. I used to work with a big Fortune 500 company straight out of university as an accounts assistant, making cups of tea and cups of coffee for all the senior executives. And then I worked my way up through the ranks. So within one year, I'd had one site. Within two years, I had the country. Within three years, it was Northern Europe was my district. And then at the fourth year, I managed to get a transfer. So I transferred from Northern Europe to North America, where I was running a subset of a nuclear division within the company called Flowserve. It's a big $4 billion S&P 500 company. And that really gave me the skill set of how to operate a large organization. $4 billion company, it's massive, right? Tens of thousands of employees, 53 different countries. It was huge. So it gave me the mindset of thinking big, but I didn't like the culture of the company in America. It was very different to the way we did it in Europe. It was very fun and friendly and we had a great time. So after I did four additional years in America, I then started my own company, which is Together CFO where we outsourced CFOs for people, helping them understand their financials, their numbers, and, and making informed decisions based on real numbers rather than the gut feeling. Because as you know, entrepreneurs are really passionate and fantastic at sales or operations or whatever industry they're in. They're not necessarily finance people and make good decisions. They shoot from the hip a lot. Problem I had with that company, I couldn't really scale it very well. It was difficult because I had to do a lot of education. If I ask 100 people, what do you think CFO services are? You're gonna get a hundred different answers. It means something different to everybody. But luckily with one of our first clients, and he was already a close friend of mine before being a client, we helped him scale from $5 million a year to $10 million per month in the space of six months. We added another vertical to his business. So he was doing a data collection and then selling that data to a lab in the medical industry. So when we analyzed the numbers and we looked at different opportunities, did an opportunity analysis, we realized if we just bought the lab, we could feed ourselves all of these leads and all the money was being made in the lab. So it was quite easy. We bought the lab, we feed ourselves all these leads and boom, that first month made $10 million. It was fantastic. 
So I was sat in my office one day and expecting a call. So I get on the phone. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Expecting a big pat on the back. And all right, well done. Good job, KC. We're doing really good. But then I heard the anxiety in his voice. And he was like, KC. And I knew something was up. I knew. He just, you know, when you get that feeling and it just doesn't sound right. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I'm going to have a $20 million tax bill if things continue the same and we don't put a strategy in place. And then my heart sank. I'm like, holy smokes. Okay, well, let's find you a tax expert and we'll figure this out. Because at that point, I'm not a tax expert. I don't know anything about taxes. I've been a W-2 employee. Very simple to do the taxes when you're a W-2 employee with one stream of income. Then I started my own business and realized oh, I've got to figure this out for myself. But I wasn't making $120 million run rate, right? So I wasn't at that scale at that time. So I'm like, okay, don't worry. I'll find someone for you. We'll figure this out. And he turned around and he said, no, that's not what I want. I want you to figure it out and solve it for me, not to go find someone and push me off to them. And I'm like, well, I'm not a tax guy. Like, I'm not a tax bloke. He's like, I trust in you. You've helped create this monster. You've got to fix it. And he pretty much bullied me and forced me into figuring it out. And because we were friends first before business associates, I uh, I did it. So I then got obsessed. This was tough, right? Because I'm feeling anxious. I've got knots in my stomach. I'm not sleeping at night. I'm literally taking this super personal that, shit, I've got to figure this out. So I got really obsessed. So I did the research. I reached out to FlowServe, my old company. They put me in touch with some family offices because they're based in Dallas. A lot of old oil money in Dallas. A lot of people have been doing this a long time. So they connected me. I built some relationships. Uh, I did the work. That's the key. I went to the courses. I did the classes and figured out the alternative approach because nobody teaches you this at university. Nobody teaches you this in the real world. They don't want to give away their secrets. Right. But it's all written in the books. You see all the books in the background. I'm an avid reader, avid researcher. And I hired a team that helped me do different elements of it. I got the right mentors. And it's like anything in life. Tony Robbins says this all the time. Proximity is power. You surround yourself with the people that you want to be like, it will rub off on you. So I did that with family offices, ultra high net worth individuals and billionaires. So I was around them. I learned how they think. And every time I would take them out golfing or take them for a nice dinner or drinking a beautiful bottle of Chateau Margaux or, you know, a nice wine, they would give me another breadcrumb. And they just kept giving me little breadcrumbs. And I just pieced it all together. And that was them testing me to see how serious I was because everybody wants to know this, but not everybody's willing to put the time, effort and money into getting it. So I did that. I packaged it all together. I had the legal teams review it. So we did legal opinion letters back with Supreme Court cases, back with the IRS tax code. And we stacked all of these items together in a nice simple package so that anybody coming in can see, oh, okay, maybe this is too good to be true. But after reading all these documents, you can see the picture puzzle. Think of it like a jigsaw. You put one piece together and connect it. Eventually, you'll get to see the big picture. So I did that and I recreated what these elite people had from the first generation. Because right now, it's a huge spiderweb and just trying to untangle all that is super difficult. So I started from inception and I started with my client's needs in mind of, hey, we need to get a quick solution in place for this client. Otherwise, he's gonna be paying $20 million. Just to close the loop on that, we ended up saving him over $12 million that first year. So he was totally over the moon. And what, what that meant for me is I quickly realized realized that I can make a bigger impact and more value with tax saving structures than I ever could with CFO services. So I pivoted my business and then we we do now exclusively high net worth trust 
structures with a huge charitable component at the end because we're saving our clients hundreds of thousands of dollars every single year, protecting their assets, tax-free generational wealth, eliminating capital gains. There's so many things that these structures can do if set up and operated correctly. Wow, what a story. So you just help first your employer and then this is a stem to the business which you're running right now. Absolutely, wow. yeah. So it's different. And again, the flow and the trajectory of where I started my business isn't where I am now, but I was okay to just go with the flow and kind of evolve with the times and just trust in the process. That's freaking amazing. Wow. Uh, so, and you mentioned in this story that you advise uh, the entrepreneurs with the how they can improve the efficiency and so on and so forth. So usually what is the most common advice you give to entrepreneurs? Because this channel, the contributors for people who either run business or who want to start business. And I believe from your perspective, from your experience, there is a something which can really help people who have no clue in taxes or asset protection or whatever. What is that advice you would give to any entrepreneur? Is make sure your foundation is set. Let's use the story of building a house. If you're going to build a house, you're not just going to build it on sand. It's going to fall down, right? So what do you do? You dig a hole, you drill even deeper, you set the foundation, you put the concrete in with the steel bar and all the rest of that stuff. So you've got a really strong foundation. Once you have a strong foundation, you can then build a house, you can build a hotel, you can build whatever you want if the foundation is strong. It should be the same in your business. If you can build a really strong foundation and how that starts with your business is picking the right entity type and the structure type. Because if you get that wrong from the start, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. One of my really close friends is like a father figure to me. He's got maybe two, three hundred million dollars worth of real estate and he's set up wrong. So I can't help him on the back end because if we make changes, it's going to create taxable events for him. And we don't want that because he's held this real estate for a long, long time. But the advice he got given back then was to set it up this specific way. And I'm sure that had a good intent and purpose at that time, but it stopped him reaping in or saving tens of millions of dollars now because he had bad advice then. So if you set the foundation solid right from the beginning, LLC into a trust, that is going to be my advice for your uh, audience. I see. So it's it may if you don't set up in the beginning, set up regular way like everybody does, but then you decide to change it, it may first of all create taxable event like you mentioned secondly it can raise some red flags for the irs so you were operating like this and you're paying like this right and then you change the structure under why reason right what is the reason right it's same product same market like tax evasion right yeah and there's a fine line between evasion and avoidance right so evasion is where you're admitting things you're hiding things avoidance is legal you're allowed to legally structure yourself to reduce your tax burden if the billionaires are paying four percent or less what is your fair share? And the way the IRS writes it in the tax code is you should pay your fair share. So if their fair share is 4% or less, what should your fair share be? What do you think? If I would have 10%, I would be like in the heaven. Okay, very happy. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. In one of your videos, you gave away for free 50 loopholes of how to reduce taxes. Where can our viewers download those? Okay. Uh, we'll send all your viewers the link. It'll be below. It's uh, school, S-K-O-O-L dot com forward slash tax that's our free community within that few free community we've got a load of great giveaways we've got the top 50 loopholes that you should be using for your taxes and it's simple as downloading the pdf sending it to your cpa and seeing
in which ones that you're actually using. The good question would be, why aren't we using the rest of them? So you can start rating how good your CPA team actually is based on those loopholes. On top of that, we have two additional things just for your audience as well, Vic. We've got free mini course going over what those top 10 most prevalent loopholes are of the 50. And we have a free tax savings calculator, which you can get on our website or in our community. You can go log in, put in your numbers and instantly see how much you've been overpaying in taxes and we can help you plug those gaps. Wow, that's so valuable. Thank you so much, KC, for coming on the Contributors Podcast and share your insights on tax loopholes and sharing with us the secrets of billionaires. You're welcome, Victor. Take care. Thank you. Dear viewers, I hope this video was helpful. And if you have any questions, leave a comment below. If you like this video, please like and share, subscribe, and hit the bell below to be notified about my new videos. Thanks for watching. Stay healthy. Stay wealthy. Stay tuned.